Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show on Lessons from My Harpo Years with my special guest and one of my amazing clients, Michelle Rickard. I'm Sherissa Sebastian, a coach, speaker, writer, and co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. I'm a certified life and leadership coach for women, and I hold my certification through the International Coaching Federation. My passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed, mainly in their professional lives and in the area of life balance to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. You can find out more information on me and what I do on my website at www.sharissasebastian.com. So let's get into today's discussion, sponsored by Audible.com. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to work at Harpo along with Oprah and her team? Well, my special guest and amazing client, Michelle, has worked for Harpo for over 20 years and her most recent role being the VP of Human Resources. Michelle has some very valuable lessons and insight to share with us, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Michelle, welcome. Hi, Sharissa. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad to be with you this evening. Um, I am uh, Michelle Rickard, as Sharissa stated. Uh, I am a Chicago native, and um, I have been honored and and privileged to have worked for Oprah Winfrey um, and Harpo Studios for over 20 years. And we recently just closed the studio, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to my next chapter, uh, above and beyond um, the close of the studio. And... um, I am just committed uh, to uh, making a, uh, the difference uh, in the lives of um, people and employers uh, in my next career move. So thank you again, Sharissa, for having me on. Fantastic. Thank you, Michelle. And before we actually jump into the questions, I want to say a big congratulations because that is a huge deal and such an achievement in terms of your career. And you've done so much for um, for Hoppo. And I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for taking the time for sharing some of this valuable information with us, and congratulations again. So let's start at the beginning. Um, I wanted to ask you how you got your start with Hoppo. Can you take us back to that time, Michelle? Well, I sure can. It's a great story. Um, It's a a long time back, um, but it it is a story that I love to tell. Um, My brother, Charlie Braco, was working for the ABC affiliate WLS at the time, and he was uh, working there as a technical director. And back then, the Oprah show was being taped at the station. It was not at Harpo Studios. Um, He had started there himself as an intern and worked his way up. Um, In addition to TDing the 10 o'clock news, He also did that um, for other programming that was being produced there at the studio, Um, in addition to the Oprah Winfrey Show, which is 
pretty interesting. In 1990, Miss Winfrey had brought uh, her um, show to uh, 80,000 square feet state-of-the-art technology to the now very trendy West Loop area and moved the show from WLS to her own studio, which became Harpo Studios. Um, a good friend and colleague of my brother's, who is a stagehand at WLS, went to work at the Oprah Show and was asked to head up the research department. And it wasn't long thereafter that it became apparent that someone would be needed to set up the videotape library as well. Um, I was working as a leasing agent at the time uh, for Aspen Square Management, and I was looking for a new opportunity. So uh, I was at work, actually. Um, I got a call one day from the then vice president's assistant to come in and interview with the director of engineering. Um, I did. Uh, I got the job, and the rest is history. Um, it was really quite the project and quite the experience. Um, the show back then was just, it was taped live. And so WLS, um, they only had the one-inch master tapes of the show, but none of the B-roll and all the miscellaneous tapes that, you know, had been, um, uh, you know, utilized for roll-ins and bumpers and things like that had ever been cataloged or, or not assembled within a videotape library. So um, it was quite the project. We became a test site for uh, a budding new software product back then, specifically made for media broadcast. And I'm proud to say that uh, up until the studios closed, we were still using Schedule All uh, for our videotape uh, library retrieval and edits and so on. And um, so, yeah, that was, you know, my, my first encounter with Harpo Studios. I did that until 1993. I had no background in that area. Um, the only... The, the real advantage that I had at the time, which sounds silly now, but um, I had computer knowledge. And, and back in 1990, that was kind of a big deal. And so um, I worked very hard to accomplish the end goal. And um, we were able to, you know, set up a functional uh, library, which at the time I got promoted in 1993, had over 14,000 tapes. That is incredible. And you must have made quite an impression, Michelle, back then if you didn't have, you know, direct experience in that area, but you were able to, you know, to get that that job and then of course do so well that in three years you got promoted. That's such a such an incredible story. Thanks for sharing that. So now you've got me curious about your, your next role. Where did you go from there? From, you know, working I guess in the tape library, um, to to other areas of Harpo? Um, well, um, I was promoted in 1993 uh, to the Human Resources Department, and um, that was an incredible experience because really, um, back then, um, HR was really just starting to make that shift from personnel to being more of a strategic partner with still so much more room to grow, um, but... Um, you know, it was uh, really, you know, I found that um, what I did in the tape library, I, what I didn't realize during that time that I was able to translate those skills, uh, project management skills, really, in being on the ground floor of the Harpo HR department. Um, it was, you know, whether it was our, you know, setting up our, the very first Harpo HRIS system um, new hire orientations, I mean, all of that, none of that had really been put into place before. So um, I think it was during those times that I found uh, it to be 
invigorating and challenging to be setting up new processes, um, making things work, um, and, you know, just really starting to create that corporate culture. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you had your fair share of challenges as well, like challenges in terms of being in those new roles, being, um, you know, being asked to develop those or implement those systems and then take on these new tasks. So I can see how that would be really exciting for you at that point, but also just to have the opportunity to kind of grow with Harpo from those early days and be able to grow and develop even personally as you moved up within the company. What, how exciting is that? It was very exciting. I mean, you know, the company, you know, was growing by leaps and bounds. So, you know, just being in that environment, um, it was, uh, you know, it's it just an incredible environment to be in. And also to be a part of molding and creating, you know, what the company was to look like, you know, in the midst of the everyday um, uh, responsibilities of, of getting the work done. Um, Really, you know, I, I think I started really learning what I could achieve, um, not really knowing that that's what I was doing all along, but certainly in retrospect, I, I see how, you know, I, I started to um, grow and, and, and flex some of these muscles, which I think has served me well over the years. Absolutely. So when you first started, Michelle, did you plan on staying at Harpo for as long as you did, or did you initially have other plans? as far as your career goes? You know what? Quite honestly, I didn't really have plans either way. I mean, I was enjoying my job. I, I simply kept continuing to be challenged with new opportunities. I mean, it was an amazing company. As I mentioned, it was growing by leaps and bounds. It was fun and it was exciting. It was also inspiring um, to be in that environment. So, um, no, I really, I really didn't. Um, there, there was, I will say, there wasn't a lot of planning going on in my early years. Um, but I just, you know, kept. Um, uh, I, I had this phrase on uh, my tack board for years that, you know, the race isn't always to who wins, but to those who stay the course. And you know, and and, and certainly looking back, I realized that. Um, you know, I, I found great pleasure in just being consistent, growing, learning, and staying the course. Right. And what and it's so great that you were able to, like with the type of job that you were doing and working for Harpo Studios, you could see how, you know, the impact on the front end that the show was having, that, you know, Oprah was having, and then to be part of that movement and part of that um, just had to be, like you said, I think the word you used was inspiring, um, to be able to see the, you know, that the work that you're doing has that kind of end result. So, yeah, I could see how even early on, even though you may not had, have had this, you know, great plan a lot of us don't when we get into when we first start working. Um, great, you know, have this great long-term plan. But at the same time, the work that you were doing, the growth that you were experiencing, I can see how that was just so exciting to you that you were just really growing in each role, learning so much, and then taking what you learned and building on that to move into the next role. So, um, what made you stay with the company for as long as you did? Because you were there for over 20 years, right? Total. Correct. Um, you know what, it, it, as I mentioned before, it was a great place to work. I loved the people, um, the feeling that in some small way I was able to make a difference um, in not only of the lives of the people I worked with, but, you know, being behind the scenes kind of on a, a bigger picture, um, 
you know, making a difference somehow in the show's audience's lives. I mean, it sounds corny, but one thing that Miss Winfrey always has made a point in uh, on many occasions to say that, you know, certainly the creatives are the storytellers of the Oprah Winfrey show and, and now, you know, um, of the Oprah Winfrey network, but, you know, that it's, it's everybody, you know, whether it's the, the person who's, you know, in our maintenance department or the different supportive departments, she would always recognize that we're kind of part of one greater good. And, you know, like I said, although that, that sounds a little corny, I think that there is something to be said about that when you get up every day and you go into work and, you know, there's the day-to-day job for sure. But, you know, really we're kind of behind the scenes where the worker bees behind the scenes um, being contributory to something much, much, much larger and much more impactful than we, than any one of us could be by ourselves. Right. Absolutely. And that's such a great point as well that, you know, to be able to find that role, because in each one of us, we all are here to make a difference in some way. So we all have the strong desire to do that and to be able to find a company and even just a, you know, a company and a culture and an environment that fosters that where you know that you're being part of something else is just so rewarding um, in itself besides just the day-to-day work of it. And actually it makes me think of the the story of um, the janitor at NASA. I don't know if you've, you heard this, but and I don't even know if it's if it's true. But I've uh, I read the story where um, there was a janitor at, at NASA, and um, he uh, he was asked by I think a, a president. I don't even remember all the details, but he was asked by a president. Oh, so you know what do you do here? And he said, well, he said, I, I help put a man on the moon. And so that just speaks to what <laughs> you were saying as well about you know um, how open like really. Um, created that culture where everybody had a role. Everyone was important in their own right, regardless of the job that they were doing, because they all, you know, you all collectively were there to serve in a much bigger capacity, herself included. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not always easy to have that, uh, you know, that corporate culture and that, that kind of environment, but she obviously did a really good job in doing that. And, of course, she brought in the best of the best, with people like you to be able to create that environment and, and keep it going for that many years. So, yeah, that's fantastic. So, uh, Michelle, I've got another question for you, and uh, this is a, an interesting question. If you could do anything differently, would you? Um, with my career at Harpo specifically? Or, yes. Um, you know, I think that, any one of us could look back and, you know, there's probably a number of things that I would have done differently, you know, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I think one of the biggest things that I that, that comes to my mind right now at this time, because I, I it really felt like that every day I was just trying to do my very best. So I, I feel good about that. Um, but I think in looking back, I would have probably made more time for networking throughout the years. I'm I'm realizing how incredibly important it is now. Um, But back then between, you know, a fulfilling yet demanding job, being a mom, I had small children, commuting, um, I didn't really make time very often to connect with other professionals, like those that were outside of the people that I would be dealing directly, whether it's the vendors, the Harpo Circle, and things uh, at those levels. Um, and I, okay. I, in looking back, I, I think by, by doing that, I think that I could have greatly benefited, you know, fostering these types of relationships, um, not only for my, my 
professional life, but my personal life. Um, like I never had an official mentor, quote unquote. I mean, I've certainly had many people who've been inspiring. I, it, certainly, I haven't had a lack of people who I have been inspired by, that's for sure. But, you know, somebody there to be supportive, um, direct communicators, you know, that can really tell you the real deal, mentors who could come mm-hmm. alongside and encourage you, you know, to help you be the best version of yourself. You know, I do believe iron sharpens iron. And um, I think I could have just been um, more, intention, you know, intention-driven um, in, in my past that may have maybe provided other opportunities now at this juncture at my life, uh, in my life. But I, I would say I'm, you know, obviously I'm very fortunate that it turned out as it did. And, um, you know, but other than that, I would say, you know, making those connections, I mean, um, is you just never know where that, you know, how you can be a, a benefit or a light to somebody else and how down the road, you know, they may end up being so to you or that may, might, mm-hmm. might just be your next opportunity. Um, so, um, anyway, so I, I think that that pretty much, there's probably other things as well, but I think definitely, um, you kind of go day to day. You're so busy. Um, sometimes taking that time outside of work, also taking time away from my family wasn't, uh, that easy to do back then, but I think, um, you know, it's definitely worth the effort. Right. Yeah, I, I I totally see where you're coming from with um with that. But at the same time, like you said, you were in that season of your life when you were working at Harpo and when your your kids were younger. To you know, you really wanted to focus there, and you had those priorities that were really important to you to to be able to focus on that. And of course, it's never too late. And the one thing I wanted to tell you is that you talked about being that light to other people, and that's exactly what you're doing now. So maybe the timing wasn't right or whatever it is, but. Now you really are that light, just, even just by coming on the show, by, you know, putting yourself out there and um, really even in just finding your next opportunity in, and the process that you're going through to do that. And uh, it's just it is really inspirational to, to a lot of people. So I just I wanted to point that out to you, uh, Michelle, that you really are in the process of being that light even right now. Well, thank you. You've been um, amazing and very encouraging and really super helpful in, in helping me to, to dig deeper and, and figure out um, what I'm looking to for my next, um, my next move. So, so I appreciate um, your wisdom and your insight. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and this is just the beginning for you. And um, you know, something tells me that this is just um, the starting point, and it's it's coming really soon. Where you know that next chapter is going to start for you. So this is very um, exciting. And actually, speaking of exciting, um, that leads me to my next question. And what I wanted to ask you is, what was the most exciting part of your job at Harper? Let's talk about the the last position you had, since that's the most recent. Um, as a, an executive at, at Harper, what was the most exciting part of your job? Oh, let's see. Um, well, for me personally, it may not sound exciting to others, but I think one of the one of the the accomplishments that I would say that I'm most proud of that I found so fulfilling and exciting truthfully and sincerely, first and foremost, I would say, was having the ability, the opportunity to build and lead such an amazing HR team of just smart, authentic, exceptional women. I mean, really, I I can't say enough about our HR team, um, which comprised of 
Connie Johnson. She was our executive director of talent acquisition and development. She was is uh, a real job matchmaker expert. Um, Sandra Lopez. She was our HR manager and you know a benefits and analytical guru. Uh, Marin um, was our HR coordinator and. Um, we would call her our HR calm, quiet, confidence, and all storm because <laughs> she never got rattled. Um, that's that is a true gift, and um, and both of which I used to call them both my Sherlock Holmeses. You know, they would just like run with it, figure things out. Never, you know, I mean, just always had my back. And then we had Brandy, who was our, our most junior person on the team, but really was really came in this last year to her own as our HR assistant. Um, lightning fast learner, steady Eddie, you know, she was our HR connector extraordinaire, um, you know, and just tough. I mean, you know, um, it, it, during this last year and the closing of the studio, um, you know, it, it brings out a lot of different characteristics in people. And sometimes it's not always positive. I mean, people are going through so much. It's, it's incredibly challenging. And, 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 and the team that I, um, and most excited and proud to be able to lead, just handled it with the utmost grace, professionalism. You know, I can't say enough about them. And, um, you know, truly privileged and honored to have worked, grown, learned, laughed, um, to do work and life with them every day. Really, <clears throat> as you can imagine, I missed them already, and it's only been a couple weeks. So I just felt like, you know, together as a force, we were something to be reckoned with and, um, you know, and having fun along the way. So we all learned together, you know, no, no one person yeah. had to have all the right answers. So if you call that exciting, that was exciting to me because, you know, that, you know, who gets that at work every day, you know, truly. Absolutely. And that's actually exactly what I was going to say. That is such a rare find and to be able to have a team like that, that is just, you know, like a, in fact, I, I used to have, uh, I used to be part of a team that we used to call ourselves the dream team, and we're still in touch now after, gosh, I don't even know how many years. Uh, but it's so rare to be able to have that dynamic within a team. But it also speaks so much to your leadership, um, Michelle, because you really attract those people um, into your into your team, into your world, and to create that environment and foster those relationships. Um, it says a lot about your leadership ability as well. So I'm, I bet they miss you uh, just as much, if not more than, you know, you miss them at this point even though it's only been a few weeks well we're we're staying connected and we all we already have our our next get together we we vowed that we were, you know we're we were very big at, on birthdays at harpo um you can't even imagine some of the over-the-top decorating and birthday <laughs> things that we had going on we actually where yeah. we were located in our most recent space um because um most would keep their back, their decorations up year round until the next birthday. It was called, you know, birthday row. Um, so um, <laughs> we kind of inspired others. Our our neighbors in our research department kind of they took on their birthdays with a whole other life of their own as well. And just really being able to do a lot of you know good work with incredible people, authentic, and um, and being able to have fun along the way. Yeah, it's just been really really amazing. So, yep, looking forward to our next get together already in the beginning of May. So, we'll see how this 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 first month has been for all of us. 
Right, absolutely. Well, it's so great that you, you're all keeping in touch. And then also that, that fun element is so important as, as well, because I'm sure in your years together and working with that team, there have been challenges, there have been, you know, tough times, and to be able to bring in that fun element and still keep it, you know, keep that environment going and, and those relationships and the connection is so um, is so important. So that's, that's so awesome. I love that idea of, uh, what was it called, the birthday... Row? Is that what it was called? Birthday Row, really. I'll, I'll have to send you some How tips. How fun is I mean, that? Some of the things we had were, were pretty spectacular. I won't I won't. Yeah, I time for that now, but it's worth the share, I assure you. <laughs> yeah, what great memories that you're, you know, you're walking away uh, with. And, of course, you'll be, I'm sure, keep in touch for many years with, uh, with those ladies as well. So what are the, the three biggest lessons that, you learned from your time at Hoppo? Oh, well, so many. Um, I think one, one of the first ones that I would say, you know, there's that saying, um, and the team, you know, would reiterate it as well. Um, there, there's a saying where it says, um, as a matter of fact, I have it posted somewhere on my Facebook, you know, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing of. And, um, you know, being in HR, just because of the work that we do, you know, you end up learning a lot more about the people that you work with. You know, maybe that's not common knowledge, you know, to others, whether it's, you know, due to us processing an FMLA, um, workers' compensation. I mean, there's just different things that you touch that because of that you find out you know, things that people are going through. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, and because of that, it's, you, know, it, it's, you know, employees, they come and they converge from all different walks of life to the workplace. They bring themselves, all of their energy and all the good stuff that they bring to the work, but they also sometimes have tough situations in their, that they're dealing with and, and deep waters that they're going through. And so I think, you know, sometimes people appear one way and, and maybe they're not being so nice today, but you know what? You don't really know what's going on in their world, you know? So I think it's giving people the benefit of the doubt and being very slow to make any type, you know, well, never to judge, but, you know, but just always give people the benefit of the doubt, knowing that, you know, you're not really sure what's, what's going on in their world, and it, it may not be that easy. Um, and, and, and if it is going great, you know what? It might just be a period of time before maybe something else is going on that that you don't know about. So I guess that would that that's a big lesson because I, I feel that in HR, you know, we could come alongside people and have conversations that you know that maybe others wouldn't have. And you know, we truly care about the people that we work with. And you know, there again, it's kind of behind the scenes. It's nothing that we can speak about, nor would we. But it's you know, again, in some small way, making a difference in, in the people's lives in their everyday, you know. So I, I think that that was, that's a big takeaway. And then I think for me, too, other, personally, is um, learning to lead with humility. I mean, I, you know, you, it, it's, it's tough, but I, I found that it's really important to create space for others to be able to contribute, to listen to their ideas. You know, I don't feel like I have to know all the answers. You know, the team knows about, you know, like my weaknesses um, as well as strengths. And, 
you know, it created, I think, a, a safe space for us to really be able to be our best selves. Um, and, you know, matter of fact, one of my all-time favorite books is entitled Humility. Uh, it's by Andrew Murray. Um, it's a small book. It's only uh, it's about 110 pages, but it's it's not a book to be read once. It's it's one that you would read over and over. I have mine highlighted. I've purchased it so many times and given it to other people um, because it's uh, there are lessons that you know good lessons to be reminded of as our lives keep changing. There are lessons in that book that sometimes speak to you in a different way. So. I would say it's, you know, being kind because you don't know what people are going through, um, leading with humility and doing whatever it takes to get there. Um, And then I would say one final thing from Miss Winfrey particularly, um, you know, she has that book. I don't know if you've ever read it. It, it too, is a small book. It's a book that's called What I Know for Sure. Um, And she says, you know, that we all have these stand-down moments that requires us at times to stand up, you know, sometimes it's in the center of ourselves and know who we are. And I guess, you know, I agree that knowing that our hurdles and mountains have meaning and um, being open to learning from these, I think is really important. I know, you know, I have had to stand up in the center of myself and sometimes have difficult uh, conversations and ask challenging questions or, or sometimes it's just to say the obvious, um, but it's really about having the grace and courage to walk through those moments, even though that they're hard, it's so worth it and it makes you stronger. So I could go on and on. I I mean, I I haven't really had a lot of time to give this deep thought, but I think off the top of my head, I would say that those would be the biggest lessons that I've learned that, that come to my mind at this particular moment. Oh, that was so beautiful, Michelle. I could honestly just listen to you go. As you were saying that, I was thinking I could listen to you go on and on because it, it almost, it, it's such a good, um, like you have such strong leadership skills. Uh, and when, when you were talking about all of these things, I can tell that it comes from a place of such great passion for, you know, for other people and for others' well-being, but also for yourself and for your, you know, the level of excellence that you bring to the table in all you do. And that's so evident in what you were just saying. And the other thing that stood out for me is, you know, like I was saying earlier, we all know Oprah from the, you know, from her uh, public persona and her TV and the shows and the message that she shares uh, publicly. But one of the things I loved about what you said is it sounds like uh, you, you know, just as a person and as a leader within Harpo, have really taken so much of what she said. And I think that's also probably part of the, the culture that she's created in the environment. But you um, really embody a lot of um, her, you know, the things that she talks about um, publicly. So I love that because it's such a it's such a big connection there between what she stands for and then you know what's important to you as far as uh, your leadership skills and ability and what you brought to the table at Hoppo. Well, I have to. I must say, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not used to speaking about myself in these terms. So I appreciate you <laughs> you coming back with some of those um, um, insights because it's 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 helpful to me. Um, but it's it's truly coming from an authentic place. It's been a, an amazing learning experience, growing, sometimes very challenging. But like I said, mm-hmm. there's just some things are so worth it, and um, I, I, it's just really been an honor. This journey has just um, 
it's always changing. You're always changing on the inside. I think if you if you allow yourself yeah. to change, I be open open to learning from whatever that is, the good, the highs, the lows. Um, sometimes that's not so easy, but it's, like I said, it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. And I can see, I mean, just listening to you and having, you know, spoken with you over the last uh, couple of months, I, I can just see how you would just shine in an organization like that. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you would have, you know, you reached such a high level in that organization and you obviously were very well recognized for the work that you um, that you were doing. And one of the things I love that, you know, that quote that you said about being kind um, and that everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing of, that's actually one of my, one of my favorite um, quotes. And I love that you brought that up because it is so applicable to especially HR and what you have to deal with, you know, within the HR department every day. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just a beautiful thing. And honestly, one kind of nugget that I wanted to um, to share with you, Michelle, is you could be um, like a leadership speaker, seriously. When I was listening to you talk, I thought, oh, my goodness, I could easily listen to you. I would go and pay to be at a seminar, a leadership seminar, and just listen to you for hours. <laughs> it just comes so effortlessly because well, it's so much part of who you are. I could tell that it comes from a deep place. Like, that's just the person that you are. And I can also tell that, obviously, from um, speaking with you beforehand. But, um, yeah, do something to tuck away <laughs> if ever you decide to think about doing something as like I, that. As, as I'm exploring new opportunities. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just so I you know, point that out. <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to switch gears on you just for a moment, and I want to take out this opportunity to let our listeners know that the show, Lessons from My Harpo Years, is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information, and they have more than 150,000 titles to choose from. And you can listen on any device. If you sign up at our URL, audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you get one free audiobook and a month free trial of the service. And we really appreciate your support. So, Michelle, I have a crazy question for you next. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, do you have a crazy Harpo story that you'd like to share with us? And you can interpret the word crazy in any way that you wish. <laughs> well, I think that there's probably a lot of stories I can't share. <laughs> but, yes. um, wow. Well, you know, I don't know. This, this may not seem that crazy, um, but what comes to my mind just off the top of my head, I would say there are so, there are so many crazy moments, um, as you can imagine, over the years. Um, some really funny ones, too. Um, but I, I guess just off the top of my head, if I were to identify and choose one, I guess maybe one of the craziest, uh, which I don't know that most people are aware of, uh, is the fact that Miss Winfrey took the entire company and their families on a 15-day Mediterranean cruise on the Norwegian Gem. So we, uh, that was in 2009. So, you know, you said I could interpret it crazy any which way. Um, yes. But um, we called it, um, it was called Trip of a Lifetime, and that is most certainly what it was. Um, just, you know, we were treated like royalty, and I, that's crazy. Um, we flew into Barcelona, Spain. We boarded then, and then we went to a, a variety of other destinations, including Rome and Sicily, Athens, Santorini, Ephesus. In Istanbul, there was a, you know, huge party at, at a palace 
um, Malta. It was just really quite something. So, you know, I, I don't think I will ever experience anything like that again in my lifetime. Um, and it was really everything. Talk about level of excellence. That trip was just unbelievable. Everything that was thought about for the excursions, the food, the parties, the accommodations. Mm-hmm. It was just really spectacular. So may not be that funny, but, but, but crazy, I would say, in that, you know, who gets to do that for, you know, on Miss Winfrey with all of us together? It was just really quite spectacular. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. And, yes, that absolutely answers the, the question perfectly. Um, I can only imagine <laughs> what it must have been like when you first found out that that was coming. Did you have a part to play in organizing that at all, or was it a complete surprise to you? Well, I did not – our team ended up being a small part of it. Actually, one person on our team in particular was uh, was on, on, the, on the, the, the lead team for that. But what I will tell you what was funny about that trip was that um, originally we were going to go to um, Atlantis. That's where it was announced that that's where the trip was going to be. But And I can't recall what the reasons were. There were a lot of issues with – the uh, size of the accommodations, how many planes could get in at the airport. I I can't remember what the reasons were. But when it was announced, um, we were brought into Studio One, which is um, the Oprah Winfrey. We had a couple different studios. So Studio One was where the Oprah Winfrey show took place. And Mm -hmm. um, there was a whole presentation, and um, Miss Winfrey, along with the group that organized um, the, the company that was organizing the trip, um, went through this whole charade of how we weren't going to be able to do the Atlantis, and we decided, you know, we were going to give money, all the money that was going to be spent to like a cause, um, kind of going down that road, and did this spectacular presentation that it was decided that we were instead going to the Grand Geneva which is a beautiful hotel, but it's in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and but had like the whole presentation like Oprah Winfrey show style. And of course that wasn't how that was. And then, you know, Miss Winfrey went through this kind of charade that was like, you know what, but then I decided, oh, well, what if we did this or could we do this? And then it just got bigger and better and so crazy. Like, you know, you can imagine it was, it was kind of like, um, Oprah's staff's favorite things, you know, people just, you know, like crying and, you know, screaming and, um, you know, then she would say, you know, and I thought, well, could we, how could we see all of these places? And, you know, they had a map and then it's like, oh, so we're going to need to take a longer trip. And, you know, and then it came out that it was going to be a 15-day Mediterranean cruise and all the places we were going to go. So that's kind of the backstory to that crazy story because that was a lot of fun, and that was super memorable. I, I just remember thinking I had never been out of the country and always have wanted to go to Italy, and now not only was I going to have the opportunity to go to Italy, but all of these other amazing places all at once. So that was really quite the memory. Oh, I'm sure, and I I can only imagine how the atmosphere in that room must have been just so electric. In fact, what it makes me think of as well, you mentioned uh, Oprah's favorite thing show, and I love love those shows, but also the, the, I can't remember which show it was, but the one where she um, gave everyone in the audience a car. As you were talking, it just made, like I was picturing that in my mind, that whole excitement (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, after yeah. the big reveal, and it, I can only imagine how incredible that must be. And also to have the opportunity yeah. to go, did you say, with your family? So your work family as well as your own family, right? Well, um, yeah, everybody was able to bring their spouses and their and their children, so everybody got to go. Fantastic. And we and in 2006 we also went to Hawaii, so that's crazy too. Who gets to do that? So I don't mean to mm-hmm. be bragging, but when you said crazy, that that was just came, what came to my mind. No, I love that you share that because I bet a whole, you know not a whole lot of people um, know that 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 was what happened and. It's just how incredible to have, you know, to have a boss like that that's so generous and just wants to be able to uh, to reward all of you at, at that level. That's exciting. And definitely crazy. I would say that's crazy for sure. Just, you know, just so thankful crazy. I really just yes. uh, experience um, uh, that you, you know, and, and, and spending that time too with your coworkers was interesting, but it was so. It was just such a great trip, and I just blessed that, you know, I I was able to be a part of that. So, right, absolutely. And just out of curiosity, about how many people do you think went on that trip in two thousand and nine, Michelle? You know what? I don't really like to make quotes on the numbers, but I, if I were to guess, um, I, I I think that it may have been somewhere around nineteen hundred. But oh my goodness! Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's definitely crazy. I can only imagine what it would have taken to put something of that magnitude um, together. That's great. What great memories to take away with you as well. So now I'm going to, you know, just change change it up just slightly and ask you what are some of your accomplishments that you're most proud of? I know you mentioned a couple as we were talking earlier, but if you could think about some of those accomplishments that you're really proud of, what would those be? Hmm. Well, that might take me a minute. I think, I, I guess I would say, you know, aside from what I already mentioned that you had mentioned about the team, um, at the end of the Oprah Winfrey show in 2011, um, that's when I was promoted uh, to the VP position. And um, it was really, um, really a, a challenging time because we went from producing this one um, iconic syndicated talk show um, the Oprah Winfrey Show, to producing multiple um, programs um, for the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, and it was it, it different. I mean, it was uh, cable. It was not syndication. It was not the Oprah Winfrey Show. So, you know, there were budgets. And it was a different way of working, a different way of hiring, a different way of doing things all the way around. And so in that space, um, uh, I would say I pulled together um, our, our, a team. It was a team that was actually put together when the show was ending um, to a, a task force team. But that separation task force team turned into the, the new co-task force team. And we had a roundtable um, biweekly meetings um, comprised of finance, legal, HR, uh production uh, on some occasions to help figure this out. Like, what does this look like? What do we need to be doing? We need to still deliver this high level of excellence with the people that we're hiring and in what we do, but now it's a very 
it's a much different animal than it was for the Oprah Winfrey show. And I think in it, with with so much collaboration and so much expertise and patience and support from these supporting departments, and um, I we were really able to to figure things out and to put some really good processes in place. We created a nimble workforce, which we needed to be successful, which was not easy. We were used to employing mostly full-time staff, um, but, you know, we did have freelancers um, uh, and independent contractors. So I think that that was really a, a big challenge because we, from an HR perspective, had to put in a new infrastructure in some ways. We went from a team of 10 people to a team of three. And, you know, even though our numbers and our headcount had dwindled, we were also now onboarding people in a different way for these other shows. So all during this transition and getting the day-to-day work done, um, we had to figure out different ways to operate that made sense, that helped the shows to still be successful and and that we could support um, while we were still trying to, um, you know, you know, added new types of technology for more self-service, things that could support our lean team now because we didn't have that many HR um, uh, folks to to support all of these changes. So, so I think that um, I feel like that that was a huge accomplishment. Certainly, that was very much a collaborative um, effort and. Um, I enjoyed working closely with these different departments and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to the different perspectives and, um, you know, we all touch things in a different way. Um, And I I just feel like that together there was that support and strength and also um, the wisdom so that we had the different perspectives to come up with whatever those right answers were at the time. And sometimes, those answers changed. We implemented one thing, and then maybe that didn't work out so well. So, um, so I guess all in all, I think you know to summing to sum up, it's not really like one accomplishment, but I think it's in if I were to say it's the success in transitioning the company post the Oprah Winfrey Show to being able mm-hmm. to produce all these multiple programs um, and to do it in a way that um, was respectful and um, you know, um, was no small thing for sure. So I, I think that that is, I think that was one of the biggest accomplishments that I can say that took place between, you know, over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like quite an undertaking to to be able to, you know, to pull it off. And you obviously did that successfully. And that actually goes back to just that level of excellence that you bring to the table in that role. And it takes such a strong leader to be able to do that and to be able to coordinate all of that to the point where, you know, you, you have success in, in doing something on that large scale. So congratulations. That is a big deal. Thank you. And honestly, listening to you, uh, Michelle, I was just thinking I would hire you in a heartbeat if, if I heard you tell that story because it, it really – you did such a great job of explaining to us what it took to really do that and the fact that you had all of those skills and the ability to be able to, to do that and bring that team together um, just speaks a lot to your ability. Well, thank you. It's you know, it, it, everyone doesn't have the luxury of working with such incredible people. Really, you know, everybody brings something different to the table, and um, you know, I've learned a lot from the people that I've worked with, and um, 
anyway. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So the the next question I have is, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to be listening to this show, and you're definitely an inspiration, and you're going to be an inspiration for so many more people moving forward, uh, especially ladies. So what I wanted to ask you is, what advice do you have for women entering the corporate world? Maybe they're you know early on in their career, who, or even even if they're you know further in, maybe ten or fifteen years into their career, and they aspire to get into an executive position, similar to to you know your career path at a large organization like Harpo. So what advice would you have for them? Well, certainly, I don't know. I think that there's so much information out there um, that would answer that question. Um, from my perspective, um, I, I don't know that there's one special recipe. Um, I guess what I would say is that I, I do believe very strongly um, no matter what level you're working at, um, that setting uh, an example is important. I think treating others how you would want to be treated, um, doing the right thing, never stop learning. Um, uh, Know what you don't know and do whatever it takes to always execute with the highest standards um, and and figure it out. And if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know something, um, surround yourself with good people um, that, um, can um, can execute along with you and 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 bring their expertise. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you know your good or bad gets around. I think you know um, may it be good when it's not, but be willing to take responsibility. So you know I think we always want to deliver a level of excellence, but when and if there are times when um, there are faults to be had, I think it's important also to take responsibility. I think that only makes you stronger, and um, I, I think that that in itself sets an example, which I, the word leader, I think that there's some um, different ideas as to what that looks like. Um, but I, I believe that um, I think that it's important for an organization has the trust in the person that, you know, is at that executive position. Um, Not only the trust in their character, but the trust in their ability to always want to do the very best for the company and um, and for others. So, you know, that that may seem like, you know, the golden rule or whatever, but I, I believe strongly in it. I think that there's nothing, you can't buy that, you can't replace it, you can't, you know, all you can do is be it, and and sometimes that's hard. And I, I think when you're challenged in difficult situations, I think that more than ever, it's important for you to act in a way for executives to act in a way that that's graceful and that that makes you know that makes good decisions for the company. And that's not always easy to do. Um, I think people are always watching, and you just never know how you can influence somebody just by your example. So I don't have, you know, a special recipe as far as, you know, how to, you know, rise up in the ranks. I I didn't sit down and and decide one day to do that, but what I can tell you is I've looked back, and um, it's certainly been by a lot of favor, um, but I, I think, you know, by hard work and my desire to want, excuse me, to do the right thing in all situations, I think has has 
um, served me well. And, of course, I don't do it just for that purpose. And I think that that comes through. I I think Mm -hmm. the the authenticity of people at any level comes through, and I think it's important to be authentic no matter what level you're at. Absolutely. Those are some really, really great uh, tips and great advice for people as well. And a couple of things that I wanted to point out, Michelle, you mentioned so many things that I think are so valuable, but a few of them that stood out to me that I wanted to just kind of recap is when you mentioned knowing what you don't know and being able to own that and not be afraid to ask for advice. And I think one of the reasons this really stood out uh, to me as well is because earlier in my early on in my career, this is something that I struggled with personally. And, uh, you know, when you, especially when you're starting out, it's hard to get into that space of confidence and feel like you feel like you have to know everything. But that, there's great strength that comes when you are able to, you know, just kind of own up to the fact that there's going, going to be things that you don't know. And um, it's perfectly okay to step up and ask and, and find those people that can be there to, to support you. And then also taking responsibility for those areas that you know that you have um, responsibility in. And, of course, authenticity is a big deal as well. So I love that you that you mentioned that. And so, um, yeah, it's a, like just listening to you speak, um, you have kind of that perfect recipe in, in terms of, the, you know, your way of thinking to be able to want to give your best, be authentic, be able to serve first, and be able to just – Um, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think you've said that a couple of times now, and that just speaks so much to the type of person that you are. And like you said, you may not, you know, you didn't necessarily have the ambition of being uh, in that position as a a VP of HR early on, but just in being who you are and being able to get up every morning and just strive to do your best and just be the person that you are led you into that position because you were obviously recognized for the work that you were doing and for the person that you are to get you there. And I think that is such a valuable lesson for anyone listening to to take away from this conversation. So thank you for sharing all of that. Well, thank you. So the, the other, the next question that I have for you is what does motivate you to get up every morning and to really, you know, have that level of excellence every day? What, what uh, motivates Michelle? Well, I would have to say hands down my faith in God. Um, mm-hmm. Endless possibilities to really be a light in some way and to be used for good. Um, actually, every single day before I get out of bed, I say, I say the following sentences to myself, these two sentences, just getting myself focused on what's important first. Um, I, I say kind of under my breath. And I think that these were actually like bumpers, in, you know, like intros into some some programs that I used to listen to on the radio a long time ago, but they just stuck with me. And the, the first thing I say is that remember that this good day is a gift from God. Let's live like we believe it. And then the mm. other is um, walk with the king and be a blessing. So I, I just try to, you know, like take a moment. Most days, I mean, I say these almost every day. Some days if I'm running late, I might fly out of bed. But for the most part, I, I would say that almost every single day before I get out of bed, I say those two sentences to myself and just try to, mm-hmm. you know, take that minute. And uh, so I would have to say that it's uh, that's what really motivates me to get up in the morning. Oh, I love that. And those simple things that literally can take you 30 seconds are so 
powerful when you're starting off your day. And especially because when you first wake up in the morning, when you're not fully awake yet, um, there's something that happens in your subconscious mind as well when you implant those positive thoughts in your head so that it actually drives your focus for that day. And you look for opportunities, like you said, you know, to be a blessing uh, during the day. And, and I love that. And uh, actually, there's, it's very similar to what I do first thing in the morning uh, as well, Michelle. It made me think about that. Uh, for me, the first thing is the gratitude, like thank you that I have another day to live. And then the second thing is help me to be a blessing to somebody today in whatever capacity. So, yeah, it is really powerful because what happens is subconsciously we look for those opportunities during the day. And then at the end of the day, when we think about it and reflect, there were those opportunities for us to do just that. So that is uh, – I'm so glad that you shared that. Thank you. Okay, so the, the next question that I have is what has happened – in your life that you thought was bad or initially just didn't, you know, didn't seem like a great situation, but they turned out to actually be a catalyst for a positive change? Well, I don't know that I would call it bad. Um, you know, I, there's been several different things in my life. Um, most recently, however, I would say that, again, I wouldn't necessarily call it bad, but I would say that definitely – the closing of Harpo Studios at this juncture in time in my life has been an interesting experience. Um, certainly, it's been very sad at times in many ways. Um, I've been doing a lot of soul searching, as you know. Um, my job in Harpo, the Harpo family, has you know, become an extension of who I am. Um, I, I liken it to um, a share that Miss Winfrey, um, you know, um, had mentioned and with regards to her experience in building the Oprah Winfrey Network own um, that, you know, her 24 cable, uh, 24 seven cable network and climbing Kilimanjaro on Wilshire Boulevard and how footing becomes more stable when we change the way we view the climb. And, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm working on that now. I feel that I and many other Harponians, which is what we call Harpo staffers, um, are facing our own crossroads and climb to Kilimanjaro and, um, uh, it's been our second home. And so even though the votes aren't in yet, I will say that these recent months and weeks have spurred me on, though, to think differently about the unknown future and to, to dig deep into what's important to me and about moving on uh, in my next chapter. So um, back in December when the largest wave of staff left um, and I was being very reflective, I looked back and um, thought <clears throat> about – uh, a Michelle, what I know for sure moment to some degree, um, I did a post that um, that spoke to that, and, and basically I, I it strengthened me in my uncertainty, and I and I thought about how we all work, and you know, you know, I, I will be adding that post to my LinkedIn at, at some point, but one thing I looked back on and I said, you know, what I do know is is that, and I'm going to just read this that we Harponians will figure things out that we'll find a way rather than say it can't be done. We will always work hard. We will forge ahead with unyielding commitment. We will never look below the highest bar of excellence. We will continue to be creative in ways we never knew and will always do whatever it takes to execute the very best because that's just how we roll. Um, and there's just great comfort that we've faced many mountains over the years and we can always um, come out ahead, learning more about ourselves, um, and each other. So I would say, again, not necessarily bad, but this is still in process, but it's definitely I'm finding it to be a positive 
uh, a positive change from, for me, myself, and for the future. Mm, absolutely. And that speaks a lot to the strength of your character, Michelle, to be able to look at a situation like that where, you know, it is a transition, it is a crossroads uh, in your life and kind of looking forward to the next thing but not quite knowing what that is just yet. It takes a lot of strength and character to look back and really have such a positive outlook on it as well and know that over those years and everything that you've built, your relationships and all of the work that you've put in at Harpo is really preparing you for the next big thing. So even though, it, it, yeah, it's, you know, it's sad and it's, uh, it's not easy to close those doors, uh, at least from a, from a work perspective, um, but at the same time, it's kind of exciting to look to the future and know that all of those things are really going to help you to to move forward. And who knows how that's going to be used, how God's going to use that for that next step and to open those new doors for you. And that in itself is a lesson you. For, you know, for our listeners as well. And thank you for, for your assistance in, in our conversations over, you know, these last couple months because it's been been very helpful. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that, and it's just been an absolute honor to be part of this um, this journey with you, for sure. So, Michelle, we're actually at the top of the hour. I can't believe this this went so quickly. I feel like we could spend at least another hour on the phone, um, but it's about time to, to wrap up. So one of the things I did want to mention, and you mentioned um, that you might be sharing that on a LinkedIn post in the future. So what I'd really like to do is ask our listeners if they would like to, uh, and if you're open to this, Michelle, if they would like to connect with you on LinkedIn, uh, I believe you... I did post the LinkedIn. You provided the LinkedIn um, link on the the show page. So if anyone would like to connect with Michelle and uh, read some of her upcoming articles and just stay in touch with her, uh, please go ahead and uh, and do that. It is on the the show page. Um, I'm going to just read it out real quick. It's uh, it's just your name, right, Michelle? So it's LinkedIn.com/in/michellerickard. Correct. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then also, Michelle is obviously looking for her next uh, next opportunity. So, and I'm sure Michelle, after this, or you know, once you're uh, you're out there, you are going to have no problem. People are going to be just knocking on your door, trying to get you um, get you in at their company. You're an absolute asset to any company, and uh, I'm just so privileged to have the the ability to to work with you and to uh, to be with you at this at this time. But if anyone out there would like to reach out to Michelle with any opportunity in the Chicago area, please feel free to do that as well. Well, thank you so much. I so enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to future conversations, and I'm, I'm certainly open to connecting with, um, with anybody on LinkedIn. Thank you again, and I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Michelle. Do you want to add any closing thoughts as we uh, wrap up the show? Oh, you know, I, um, I, I would just say, um, you know, you can only run, uh, run today's race. Sometimes, you know, we don't have all the answers for the future, and I, that's where I'm finding myself out, you know, where I'm at at these crossroads right now. But I think by, you know, just uh, taking it a step at a time um, it's, uh, and being open to the possibilities and being prepared for whatever that next thing is, that's, I know what I'm going to be uh, preparing and getting ready for that next opportunity. I want to be ready for anything and up for the task, and, um, and I think that, um I just, you know, I'm just thankful to be always be thankful and grateful for the journey, for the learning all along the way. So um, I guess mm-hmm. that's how I would sum it up and thankful to you for this opportunity. 
Oh, thank you. That was very, very beautifully said. And the one thought that I would like to wrap up with, and it's actually something that you mentioned earlier, Michelle, uh, is the, the quote that you had, and that is, be kind. Everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing of. And uh, this is so appropriate to, you know, whether that's personal relationships or professional relationships, uh, just to to kind of have that mindset because it's just so much easier to relieve so much stress when you can try to, uh, you know, kind of be um, empathetic and, and just give others the benefit of the doubt. So I wanted to, and that's so much a part of who you are as well, Michelle, so I wanted to just wrap up with that. And also the book rec- recommendation, one of the book recommendations that you gave was um, Humility by Andrew Murray. So if anyone would like to check that out, I highly encourage you uh, to do that as well. And then if anyone would like to get in touch with me, you can email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at sharissasebastian.com, and my website is sharissasebastian.com. So for the month of April, I am on a mission to help as many women in their career as possible. So what I've done is I've opened up two-hour strategy sessions. So these are two hours of purely coaching. So I'm going to help you to uncover exactly what that number one block may be, keeping you a little bit stuck in your career right now. So I invite you to join me on these calls, and you can schedule time with me um, at sharissasebastian.com slash schedule. I only have a few of these slots available, and this is only going to be until the end of April for the two-hour sessions. So um, I look forward to speaking with you. Thanks again, Michelle, for your time and your wisdom, and just uh, you've just given us so much in this hour, and I look forward to continuing our conversation as well. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you, Sharissa. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.